Sarah will be here taking care of the cows and the deities and myself. Um, but uh, will you'll be doing the call from Finland, right? Monitoring yes. from there? Yeah. Okay, good. So that's the update. I think that, uh, well, a little more, I think that uh, the index in my book, according to Madan Gopal, uh, should be finished this weekend. Madan Gopal and Gauravani. And so once we get that back, Randy will put it together, send it to Lita Saki, proofread. <laughs> yeah, busy, busy with that. And, um, and Gurnista will be uh, finishing the, the, the cover jacket when he gets back. So we're getting close to launching that book finally. That's the news. What are the questions? All right. So let's see. The first question is from, let me actually quickly check that he's here. He probably wants to be present. Oh, he's not here. Well, I'm going to ask it anyway. It's from Jayadev. He says, if Krishna protects his, protects his devotees, why do so many devotees experience tragic deaths? We've seen devotees get shot, get in car crashes, get COVID and die, etc. So why does Krishna allow this? And there's a second second question, which I'll ask after this one. Uh, a disciple of mine, Gorongi Priya, who is the wife of Madhugal Paul, um, both of them live with their, their children in North Carolina. Um, and she told me not so long ago that she had this idea for a book and the idea for the book was to uh, bring out detail all of the troubles that all of the devotees paradigmatic figures devotees of the Bhagavatam um, underwent Kunti, the Pandavas one after another after another <laughs> It's, uh, it's, if you put that all together, which is a, I thought it was a nice idea in a little book, a little presentation, it would really be startling, uh, especially for those of us who think I'm going to become a devotee and everything's going to be just beautiful. <laughs> um, it turns out it's, it's, it's not the case. Uh, um, um, and the way in which we, we look at that, I believe, are there are two ways. One way is for very exalted devotees um, who do something even unbecoming, in a sense, as, as Bharat did, Bharat, after whom India's name, the, the Raj, the emperor, who left his kingdom and became a... Uh, a devotee retreated to the, to the, to the Himalaya. But, um, at a certain point, he, uh, uh, sattvic compassion manifested in his heart for a fawn who had been, uh, birthed by a deer as she was crossing the, the river, but encountered a tiger and was, uh, Captured by the tiger, he raised the fawn. You know the story, it's famous in the Bhagavatam from the fifth canto. And so he lost uh, sight of his practice and died and he, and he was thinking of the deer. He took birth as a deer, of course. In the deer's life, he was fully conscious uh, of what his, what his previous life was and he stationed himself near some devotees who were reciting the Bhagavat in the forest. But uh, that's an example. There are many of the Pandavas are another example. Uh, all the d- intrigue and all of the um, the abuse that they underwent, being exiled, their house being burned uh, down, and so on and so forth. Uh, why does this? Why do the those type of things, adversities, and embarrassing things, as in the case of Bharatmar, sometimes happen to great devotees? And um, this is called uh, uh, karma. It's um, 
Shobhana means beautiful. So it's karma that's arranged by Krishna. And given to devotees who don't have karma. And then uh, through them, he teaches something. He sets some example. Uh, we look at the example of, of Kunti Devi, the, uh, the mother of the Pandavas, and how she herself listed any number of calamities that, they, that she and her family underwent and how she looked at them as auspicious because um, during such uh, experience of such calamities, they had powerful negative impetus to remember Krishna, which, as she says, brings the end to all calamities, brings an end to, to material existence. So a beautiful example. So this is the one side. Um, this is arranged by Krishna for his teaching. Now, the other side of it is that um, devotees who are not finished, who are not uh, perfect, then although bhakti removes their karma, and we can say all at once, Jiva Goswami is the example of making a garland. If you make a garland out of petals of flowers, you stick the pin in, it goes through. You, know, you take a bunch of petals and you stick the pin, right? it goes right through. Uh, but if you go in slow motion, it's going through each petal one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. So he gives this example to, type of example to explain how the karma is removed immediately and at the same time it is removed gradually. Um, we find a statement in the Bhagavatam that the one who chants the holy name once is uh, qualified to perform uh, Vedic rituals, which is a certain karma, which, in other words, uh, I think the verse is if, if, a, if, a, if a chandala, a dog eater, uh, chance once becomes qualified to perform the Vedic rituals, which is the karma, the duty, the the the, the uh, uh, of the of the Brahman varna, which he wouldn't be qualified to do, um, but he's immediately qualified for that. So it means uh, uh, the karmic residue which would not qualify him, is removed. But it's not that all of his karma is necessarily removed. It's possible. Or it is, but it takes, it's, 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 it's more gradual. So um, we don't want to under, uh, underestimate the power, the efficacy of bhakti to remove karma. One of the ways in which this is underscored, of course, is by comparing it with jnana, the culture of uh, spiritual knowledge, atma jnana knowledge of the self, uh, knowledge of the self's uh, similarity to Bhagwan, um, which is the focus of the Gyanis. This is uh, very powerful because the, the source of our karma is avidya, ignorance. So if you replace it with knowledge, well, there you go, right? But the point is made that although this is true, the parabdha karma, the karma that's already manifesting in this life, that has to play itself out. So you can, with Gyan, you can uproot the ignorance. There's no more accumulation of karma. And karma that would have accrued and manifest will not. But the karma that's already manifest, the Prabhupada karma, will have to play itself out. So the Jivan Mukta, so-called, in, in the Gyan Margul, will wait for the, the karma to play itself out, if you will. Um, Ramana Maharshi had cancer. Well, he was a Gyani. Uh, so this is his Parabdha Karma. Parabdha Karma is playing itself out. But he himself was, from all reports, remained situated in Atma Gyan, hmm? Brahma Gyan. And, and, excuse me, <clears throat> but he had cancer. And he died of cancer. Hmm? Now for devotees, of course, uh, 
the efficacy of bhakti, as I'm saying, is underscored by this example or this teaching that, which is entertained and embraced even by the jnanis, that the parabdha karma cannot be removed by gyan. But according to the Bhagavatam, bhakti can remove the parabdha karma. So its efficacy is even greater than gyan. Therefore, it's described in the Gita as rajavidya. What is that, Rajavidya? This is knowledge. Madhyaji. Manmana. Think of Krishna. Pay obeisances to him. This is the, this is the end of knowledge. It said that one who was, who was worshipping Krishna understood all the Vedas. You might think, well, I'm not sure that guy knows all the Vedas. <laughs> but the point is, this is the conclusion of the Vedic literature. Therefore, he's, he's doing. The, he must understand. He, he understood the conclusion, so he doesn't need to understand the rest. You only you need to understand the rest in details to arrive at the conclusion. As much as that's useful to arrive at the conclusion, otherwise, it's 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 it's, it's not necessary, right? So the efficacy of bhakti as a means to remove karma exceeds that of gyan, and in a sense, it's kind of super gyan. You know, it's the super dharma. It's the pro dharma. It's the raja vidya, the king raj of of, of, of knowledge. Um, that said, as I already explained earlier, referencing Jiva Goswami's example, that Prabhupada is nonetheless moved, removed gradually. So, um, and I, I've given an example before, it's worth mentioning here, that while the jnani waits for his body to, to pass away and the karma is retired, the devotee's Prabhupada will be done away with in this body and in bhava bhakti he or she will get a spiritual body hmm? a different i mean how can you get rid of the corrupted karma that so and so is your mother and father hmm? mr and mrs sajan are the mother and father of sajan das for example hmm? well, how, how he's going to how is he going to change that corrupted karma without dying because he dies in a, such a comprehensive way to his false sense of self, not by stopping from taking, but by, by giving entirely to Krishna, right? This is a very comprehensive way of doing away with taking by giving. And the result is that he becomes the son of Nanda Nishoda, you know, the extended son, right? One of Krishna's friends, right? who think of Nanda Nisoda as their mother or have spiritual parents themselves. And this is what becomes, one becomes aware of. He becomes aware of this in Bhav Bhakti. So this is an example how the Bhakti has the efficacy to remove the Parabdha Karma. It gives you another body. Gyan doesn't give you another body. Um, a spiritual body. So uh, that said, for the for the practicing devotee, then we do find examples of them dying in untimely ways. And why the question is why isn't Krishna protecting them? Well, the answer typically is that uh, that while bhakti has the power to remove even the prabdha karma, she does so gradually. Number one, and in the context, two I should say. Here, in the context of doing that, one of the ways in which the karma is removed is that what would have been the karma is removed and a part of the karma is, is played out. So you would have died in a car accident, but instead, you know, you just wrecked your car and broke your leg or something, uh, would be, you know, a crude kind of example of the idea. So, um, Devotees, in a sense, are free from karma, and in a sense, in a broad sense, because of the efficacy of bhakti and the fact that they're engaging in it. But um, at the same time, the removal of the karma um, at the behest of bhakti, uh, uh, by way of bhakti, is, is, is gradual. And of course, devotees also, practicing devotees, sometimes plug into bhakti, and sometimes they unplug and plug into their material life, right? 
So it's like you're trying to fill up a bucket, but you put a hole in the bottom. After a while, you wonder why this is not filling up, and you realize there's a hole in the bottom. So you stop unplugging from bhakti and plugging into material life. So there is it gets kind of the sadhaka day is a mixed, you know, it's a work in progress. It's a mixture of material and spiritual. Um, as it's spiritualized by utilizing the senses in touch with sense objects only for the pleasure of the senses of Krishna. Rishikesha Rishikena Savadam Bhakti That's real bhakti, that's Uttam Bhakti, that's Uttam Bhakti in the fullest sense of the term. And um and as much as we do that with our sadhaka daya, as much as we'll we'll realize the manifestation of our siddhadeya. So don't 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 neglect the sadhaka daya and what's to be done with it in the name of pursuing the siddhadeya. One the latter comes out of the former. Um, so anyway, the point is relative to the question that this uh, sadhaka day is a work, work in progress. Um, so there is some karmic residue there that the devotee may have to experience. It may not be all that they would have experienced, but something. Um, and that's not to say that Krishna is not protecting his devotee. I mean, what is he protecting the devotee from? What's the real danger? Um, You know, we live in a we live in a world of danger. For Prabhupada's point of view, is the danger was be forgetting about Krishna, you know, giving up his fee, his his service. That you don't want to do. Uh, and Krishna is pretty expert at not letting us go, regardless of how we you know sometimes fight with our own uh, fight our own. What's the word? You know, the term. You know, bite the one that feeds you. Uh, I mean, we do that sometimes. Still, he he, he seems to um, keep us on a rope, uh, and and we find devotees resurfacing. You know, uh, suddenly, you know, out of having foregone the path in this life or in previous lives, coming back. So that's the way he protects us. Ultimately, it's said in the Bhagavad in the Gita. Krishna's beginning discourse on, on, on bhakti in the second chapter, um, which, and when he speaks there, we'll see at the very beginning when he speaks about yoga, and at the end of that sixth chapter, both are very clearly about bhakti. In the, in the beginning, he says, what's the verse? 239. Uh, he says, even a little, Little bhakti, little of this yoga engaged in will free one from the greatest uh, danger. Oh, I can't remember the verse. Getting too old for this. Swalpam something? Swalpam apiyasidharma syatrayate mahatobaya. Swalpam. Swalpam means very little. Swalpam. Just a little bit of engagement in this yoga will free one from the greatest uh, danger. And the greatest danger is is uh, is being uh, trapped in the cycle of birth and death. The implication of this verse, as, re- as it regards to bhakti, of course, is that um, um, a little engagement in other schools of yoga that are not governed by the swarup shakti, but rather by sattva, or rajas may be the case, mostly sattva. Hmm. Their effects may not be permanent. Hmm. But the effects of bhakti, because it is near guna, hmm. bhakti itself is herself is eternal, the results will, are, are eternal. Therefore, he says, even little engagement here, you never, there's never any loss, and it will save you from the greatest danger. He's speaking about bhakti. Of course, at the end of the chapter, he says, Yoginam apisarvesham madhikadinantaratnam shadhavan bhajate govam same yukta matovataha. Of all types of yoga, this is the best. The beginning and the end. Um, and it's, it's, it's found in, in between, too, here and there, the second chapter of the Gita. So, anyway, point being that, um, 
that um, the, the efficacy of bhakti should not be um, underestimated. At the same time, she, she works in, in a gradual way. And um, and so there may be some residue of karma that one has to work through, go through. Um, but you are in a protective type of um, um, setting, if you will. Uh, I asked Prabhupada, Prabhupada, if I keep distributing your books, will I become self-realized? He said, you're already self-realized. You keep engaging in these things. That these are self, these are self-realized engagements. So, they're there. Like the Ganis, they say, some of them say, the Mio and Dwight could say, they're already realized. You're already, it's already realized. Yeah, we, we, we agree, but we have a little more to say about it as well. So, I hope that helps. Thank you very much. I had a quick follow-up. I think the question, excuse me, I think the question of Jayadev arises in the context of the news that Agnidev uh, suffered a stroke. Um, and um, I had announced that on the, on the Facebook. And um, uh, for the details of that, it was apparently in the middle or just at the end of the Kirtan. He fell. So you're thinking, why did... You know, Krishna do that to him. It would be a good time to die in the middle of a kirtan, right? Um, of course, but, but he brought him back to life. So, um, he didn't die. He's in the hospital. His memory is restored. He wants out of the hospital. So, um, that's the news on Agni Dave. I'm sorry, Gurnishti, you were saying? Yeah, I had a quick uh, follow up question on what you said last in your answer that Srila Prabhupada had said that you're already self-realized. But what comes to my mind is sometimes devotees think that they have arrived in the wrong way, right? That they think that that's the final, like whatever kind of like distracted devotional service they're doing right now, they think that's the final end goal as it is. So isn't there still like, like how do you think about that so that you don't think too much of yourself as a, like a struggling sadhaka or something? Well, you have to hear the whole answer, <laughs> right? You can't just take part of it. And you have to take the whole teaching, understand it, and prospect I mean, in, in, in context. I mean, the generosity of bhakti is there, and we want to underscore that. At the same time, this is on the low end. She extends herself to the lowest without discrimination. Makes the lowest the best, Right? Makes the lowest bhakta the best, better than the realized jnani. <laughs> Why? Because that bhakti, bhakta has the prospect of experiencing the post-liberated at the other end of the spectrum status of bhakti. But he or she's not there yet. So the, the fact that you're, you're better is because of your connection with bhakti, which you have to hold on very tightly, right? Um, and then you're, you, you're in a position to attain that. That's your good fortune, but that, but you should be humbled by the fact that you haven't as yet at the same time. So you have to look at both ends, not just the generosity of the bhakti, which extends lower, but how high it extends to a post-liberated status, which should not be, um, misunderstood. If you want to understand Rasa Leela, hmm, understand this. Another name for the Rasa Leela is Kambijai. Kambijai means to conquer over lust. Rasa Leela is about conquering over lust. Try that on. Hmm? Uh, you know, try that on your Sadaka Deha. And when it really fits well, then a Siddha day in which you participate in those romantic leelas will arise. Not for, not before that. Not before that. So put the two together, right? Thank you. That makes perfect sense. Uh, so Jayadev had a second part to, well, actually a second question. He asks, um, why did the cowherd boys dance into the mouth of Agasur 
saying that even if there was a danger, Krishna would protect them. But then when there was a forest fire, they were scared and fearful. During the forest fire, they were scared. They were afraid that Krishna might get burnt. This is their fear. They were, the whole place was, was burning. They thought Krishna might get burnt. Um, so these are different, uh, Babas, Sanchari Babas arising in different circumstances. It will cause them to act or think in nuanced ways within the Leela. Um, uh, but the, I've explained that at some length in my book, but um, that's the basic basic answer. Thank you. Um, Sajan has a question. Yes. Nandavats Maharaj. Um, in one of the uh, wonderful satsang videos given by Srila Guru Maharaj, on, uh, which are available to see on YouTube, he actually mentions, it's the first time I've ever heard this, that in the same way that Mahaprabhu uh, came, comes mostly as Gaur Narayan, uh, and, and occasionally, rarely as go to Krishna. Um, he said the same thing is applicable to Krishna himself that, um, very often he'll just, he'll come as, uh, let's say Vasudev Krishna. I'm doing the best I can, uh, with the words here, uh, as, as, uh, Lord Narayan. Uh, without manifesting any, uh, with, um, like with Sri Radhika and like that. Um, that's what I, that was the, that was the impression that, that I received from what he said. But the, in the video itself, the direction of the dialogue kind of moved in another way. And so he did not elaborate on that. I was wondering if you had ever heard anything to that, to that effect. That Krishna himself comes mm-hmm. often as Lord in the mood of Lord Narayan, and and only sometimes uh, manifesting uh, uh, Brajalila with Srimati Radharani, etc. Yes, I never heard that before. Like uh, uh, you know, presented like that, making that kind of comparison with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the uh, as Krishna himself. Um, um in once you know in a day of Brahma or a special Leela rather than Gorn Orion. But um I you know that making that comparison and saying, extending that that Krishna doesn't appear either and perform his Braja Leela, you know, every whatever, every Dwarpa Yuga, something like that. Right. Well um uh it is mentioned in in our text uh, in a number of places, but in, in particular, I'm thinking in Chaitanya Charitamrita that Krishna comes also himself once the day of Brahma, and it's the day that in, in, in Brahma's life that Krishna comes and performs his Brajalila, that in an encore appearance to that day, Mahaprabhu comes. Hmm? So. That's a special yuga. This yuga that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes and he's Krishna himself. That's the, that's the yuga in which Krishna himself has also appeared and demonstrated his Brajalila and so forth. Now, typically in the Dwarka Leela, there's a mantra given in the Bhagavatam in the 11th canto, uh, that is thought to be, um, suitable. For the worship in the Dwapara Yuga, and it's a mantra. I can't remember exactly, but it's a mantra that describes the the, the petitions that offers pranam to uh, the, the Chatur Vyuha, Vasudev Sankarshan Pradyumnani Rudha. Mm-hmm. Yes, their, their their worship is typical of the uh, you know, of the of the Dwapara Yuga, Dwapara Yuga. 
But in one Dwapara Yuga, Krishna himself comes and performs his Leela. Now, does that mean that, that the, 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 the Chattu view appears in every Yuga? Well, typically in every, in every, every Dwapara Yuga. Well, typically in the Dwapara Yuga, the, the Yuga Dharma is, is the temple worship. So I believe it refers more to the worship of the Chaturvyuha, indeed multiform in the Dwapara Yuga. So you can say from that that Krishna is appearing in every Dwapara Yuga in multiform with Pradyumnani Ruda and, 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 and Sankarshan and is worshipped but only once in a day of Brahma. Does he come as Krishna in the Brajli, at which time or after which immediately the, the Gorli uh, is, is enacted? That's okay. the way I would think about it without any further, you know, elaboration from him or without having seen or heard what he said myself. Yes, you know, that you just reminded me of another uh, question within that same satsang back in uh, February of 1982. <laughs> Sudhir... Krishna, uh, Sudhir Maharaj, he, he asks Guru Maharaj, um, uh, if Krishna's the Yuga avatar in Dwapara Yuga, why did he come at the end of Dwapara Yuga rather than the beginning to establish the Yuga Dharma, you know? And Guru Maharaj's reply to that was because he's setting, by his Brajalila, he's setting the stage preparing for his next appearance as Mahaprabhu coming shortly thereafter in Kali Yuga, like that. And meanwhile, prior to his appearance, uh, then there's a, uh, there may have been others worshipping him as Vasudev. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good, good. good. Uh, I did have one other uh, kind of a related question about Gornarayan and like that. Mm. Rush. Mm. Gurmaraj also said that Gadadhar Pandit is um, Srimati Radharani Shakti, um, but that when Mahaprabhu comes as Gaur Krishna, he plunders all of that bhav of uh, which is within Gadadhar Pandit, embodied within Gadadhar Pandit. He plunders it and leaves uh, Gadadhar Pandit like a shadow running after Mahaprabhu, so to speak, poetically. And so um, I was wondering, in all the other yugas, when when uh, Mahaprabhu comes as Gornarayan, does Gadadhar Pandit, perhaps have you read anywhere, that Gadadhar Pandit retains uh, fully the shakti uh, which he embodies uh, of Srimati Radharani's bhav? Uh, I don't think that the... Uh... The Gore Narayan, uh, avatar, if you will, is accompanied by all of the associates of Krishna in oh. Braj. See, I see. They, they come when Krishna comes, when, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. But, of course, when we talk about other yugas and details and so forth, the scripture's a little short on such details, but it's, it's really focusing us on, you know, Present. Sure. So, so it's possible that. So you have Lakshmi, you have, you know, you have Boo and Sri, you know, Lakshmi, Vishnu Priya, consorts, what the real of Gornarayan is. There's no record of that that we can access. So it's possible that he's not accompanied by it, uh, uh, even. Exactly. Yananda, what to speak of Advaita, Gadadhar, Srivas, etc., may not be accompanying him yeah. as Gornar. May not be. The, descript- the, the description of that accompaniment is there in, in the verse that, that uh, speaks about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Krishna himself. Krishna Varnam, Krishna, Sangopangastra. Sangopangastra Pashna means he comes with Advaita, Nityananda Prabhu, Srivas, and so forth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay, the next, next question is from Lalit Saki. And this mm-hmm. relates to uh Govardhan being an expansion of Radha. 
um, or is actually directly Radha. So she says, what is the Gaudiya understanding of identifying Govardhan not only as Krishna and Haridas Varya, but also as Radha, as in the case in the Pushti Mark, as is the case in the Pushti Mark? According to David Haberman's research, it seems even some Gaudias accept this identification of Govardhan as Radha, at least on a seemingly unspoken esoteric level. And some Gaudias worship two Govardhan Shilas, one Krishna and one Radha, which is more directly identifying Govardhan as Radha. Considering that the pastimes of Prem Samput occur after Rasa Lila, the abandonment of Sri Krishna to the gopis, etc., and that on the first day of Kartik, quote, Krishna Sharadiya Rasayatra is celebrated, can we say that the reading of the Prem Samputta during Kartik has a certain... No, way. No, I'm sorry. There's <laughs> two questions here. Yeah, um, it seems like it's a, it's a second question. Huh? Yeah, I, I made a mistake when I pasted this question in. Okay, so let me ask a question about Govardhan. Yeah, let me quickly go to my email. Can I can I begin to answer the question about Gordon? Yeah, actually, I just found it here. So sorry. So actually, I did ask the whole question. That was it. So basically, the question is how to think about this idea of Gordon being Radha. Um, in Gaudi Sampradaya, the worship of a stone from Govardhan um, was um, taught personally by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He received a, a Sheila stone from Govardhan when he was in Vrindavan um, from some devotee, I think Shankarani or some, someone. Uh, a uh, name similar to that, who not much is said about. And uh, he worshipped Govardhan. Um, and I believe that uh, when he worshipped the Govardhan, he would put a, a, a mala, gunja mala, these are little beads, uh, little beans, whatever, uh, bead, bead, uh, beads that turn into beads, dried flowers. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he would put that around his neck, and then he would hold the Govardhan, and he would bathe the Govardhan with his tears. So this this worship was introduced by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Gaudiya Sampradaya. And then um, he gave the stone, the Shila, to Raghunathas Goswami, and he told Raghunathas Goswami how to worship him very simply and purely with, with Ganga Jal and and a sweet. And Krishna Kadriyash Goswami explains that Raghunathas Goswami, and he, excuse me, he also, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also gave him Gunjamala. These are two things that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally gave to Raghunathas Goswami. So Krishna Kadriyash Goswami says that in the mind of Raghunathas Goswami, he began to worship and he, and he, and he realized that Govardhan was Prajendranandan himself, Sakshat Prajendranandan. Govardhan was Krishna himself. And that Mahaprabhu had given him, if, by giving him Krishna in this form, as the form of Govardhan, that Mahaprabhu had also given him an eternal place of residence at Govardhan, somewhere in a grove at Govardhan. Um, it's typical that the Madhurya Rasa Bhaktas and Manjaris, they have a home, but they have a, they have a second home, if you will. A bower, a, a kunja, a grove. Uh, so something like that. Um, he um, got the internal impression that Mahabha was giving me a place at Govardhan. And by giving the Gunjamala, he, he's given me a place at Govardhan in the service of Radhika. So you ask how the Gaudias worship 
uh, Govardhan, well, this is how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught uh, Raghunath Goswami, and this is what Raghunath, what came out of that worship, um, out of the heart of Raghunath Goswami. That stone is still, uh, you can have the, the, the darshan of that Shila, it's at the Radha. Um, Which is the temple? I mean, I can see the temple in my mind. Um, we used to go there regularly. It's a favorite place of Virginia. Um, also, um, Radha Kulnanda. Yeah, that's just my memory. Radha Kulnanda. The stone is there. So, um, this is one way to answer your question. Um, but it doesn't deal with the other details. That, Others seem to be worshiping in other ways. Um, now that said, uh, uh, so let's get to that. While we said that Raghunath Das Goswami worshipped Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Krishna himself, at the same time, there are prayers written by Raghunath Das Goswami in which he also acknowledges that Govardhan, aside from being Krishna, is the best servant of Krishna which is a statement that you can find in the Bhagavatam, the 21st chapter in the Venu Gita. Gopis are speaking and uh, glorifying Krishna's fruit. And our charges have identified um, a particular verse in which Govardhan is described as Haridas Varya. Varja means the best and Haridas means servant. Uh, Hari hmm? identified the verse to have been spoken by Radharani. So she's praising Govardhan Mahaprabhu chanted this verse when he when he got the darshan of Govardhan upon arriving in Vrindavan. Um, now the way that the how the Godi is interpreted. So this is the one one identity of of, of Govardhan is that he's Krishna. Here's the second one: he's a devotee of Krishna, the best devotee of Krishna. Now, so how have the Godi Vaishnavas thought about that? Written about that? Haridasvarya. Um, in their commentaries on the verse and in Gopal Champu in greater detail there Jiva Goswami has described this Haridas Varya why and how is it that Haridas that, that Gopalani is the best servant of Hari well he goes through all of the different 64 items that are Typically offered in the Seva Puja in the morning, you offer mouthwash and uh, and uh, uh, foot wash and flowers and and song and bathing water and scents and uh, scented oil and so on and so forth, a bed and a mirror and, and blah. so he goes through all of these sixty four items and very poetically and explains how Govardhan. Um, all of these items are contained within Govardhan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are birds that stay there and constantly and sing. That's the kirtan, you know, for example. Um, um, there, are, there are eight principal caves that serve as like, you know, beds for him to rest. So the, the, he, he, it's a beautiful description. How he, all these 64 items of worship are present within Govardhan. So Govardhan is fully, fully wor- worshiping uh, with every aspect of his being. This is the way in which they've understood him to be Haridas Arya. That's the general um, explanation. Then, um, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, a later commentator, had, has identified Govardhan in terms of a sentiment. So, okay, he's worshiping, offering all these items of worship. Uh, what is his sentiment? With what sentiment? Right? So he has identified Govardhan with the sentiment of Sakyarasa. And he says, all of the hills of Vrindavan are in Sakyarasa as well. Now, those principal hills are um, Nandagram, Nandishwar, 
and Barsana. Nandagram is identified also with Brahma and the hill is in Sakurasa. We make a strong case for Brahma and Sakurasa in Circle of Friends. Barsana is Radharani's, that's the hill on which, you know, Raj, uh, uh, Rishabhanu's palace is, and this is, uh, uh, Radharani's place. It's identified with Shiva, that hill, Barsana. And according to Ganadesh Deepika, then, uh, Advaita Charja is Sadashiva. And according to that Gaudiya text, seminal text, is identified with Sakurasa also. So, this is what, um, Vishwanath Chakrata was referring to, so all the hills are in Sakurasa. Now, you can make a case for Shiva also being, uh, tasting Madhurya Rasa, uh, as Gopishwar, we do that, but, but he's Bhagwan, so, <laughs> Uh, you know, these are possibilities for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what, uh, Vishwanath Chakravartaka was talking about. So anybody, and, and, and so, with regard to Gobardhan, he's identified him as the, sent, the sentiment of Sakurasa. Best servant in Sakurasa. Now, the, the theological kind of conundrum is how can he be Krishna and a servant of Krishna at the same time, right? Do we have any example of that? Well, I would take you to um, the non keli komodi of Rupa Goswami. Hmm? Rupa Goswami's uh, work there. This is the Don keli Don keli means the Leela keli in which Krishna pretends to be a a, 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 a toll a toll set up a toll booth and he's the collector and he's charging the gopis to pass through he, the, the cost of course is 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 is, 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 uh, is Radha's love um and it's a very extended uh intrigue in which krishna's narmasakas are his uh, uh members of his his soldiers his you know his uh, Accountant, his treasurer, and this and that, and the other thing appoints them, um, sets up the, uh, the toll booth. This is my kingdom. It's actually the kingdom of Kamadev, and I'm his appointed representative here, the king. He's the emperor, I'm the king. So, in that Leela, uh, this is the pen of Rupa Goswami, Brinda Devi, uh, this takes place at Govardhan. She looks at Govardhan and says, just see the glory of Govardhan. And what does she say there? Ananta Sesh. Some people think Ananta Sesh is the best servant of Krishna because he's with him in all of his, all of his avatars. He's there, right? Supporting him as his bed instead, you know, the serpent, uh, in every, in so many ways serving. But, uh, with all of his mouths, he's, he's chanting the names of Krishna, singing the glories of Krishna. But look at Govardhan. Hmm? Um, while Anathasaj gives his lap, Govardhan is given his whole body. Hmm? And he has many hoods because the Govardhan is not like this, like vertical, but he's horizontal. And there are many peaks. So she said, there's many peaks. They're like the heads of, of, of Ananta. Mm-hmm. And while Ananta gives, gives his lap, Govardhan uh, gives his lap and, and, and he gives him all facility for so many leelas to play in so many ways, given the variety of the, the contours, the topography of Govardhan and, and so on and so forth. Um, so she there, this is the pen of Rupa Goswami, if we understand it properly, she's saying that Govardhan is this, is like a super Ananda Sage. So, where where does that take us? That takes us to Balaram, who is Krishna and is the best devotee of Krishna at the same time. Now, the beauty of this, theologically speaking, 
is that we've been able to make Govardhan, keep Govardhan as Krishna, Vishnu Tattva, and understand him as a devotee of Krishna at the same time, because without changing the tattva, because Balaram is the is the best devotee of Krishna from one point of view, but he is Vishnu Tattva, right? So I would look at it from a Gaudiya perspective like this. Now what I'm saying here in the end, this is this is this is coming from me, but I'm giving you good support for this perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Very good support. Um and I would go I think that that direction is um is better philosophy, better theology. Because that's the what's the conundrum? How can he be Krishna and a devotee of Krishna? Well, because if you if you if he's a devotee, he's going to be uh, Shakti Tattva hmm? rather than Vishnu Tattva, right? Hmm. Yes, Radha and Krishna are one. That's another thing, but they're different also. And the difference is that she's the Shakti of, of Bhagavan; he's the Shakti Man. But if you, if you, how can the Shakti Man himself be the devotee as well? You could say, well, because Radha and Krishna are not different. But that's that's not quite as to say that he's Vishnu remains Vishnu Tattva and is a devotee at the same time. Hmm? Uh, that can be so if you identify him with Balaram, as as Brinda Devi has, as Rupa Goswami has. Now he doesn't elaborate on it there. I am, but I'm giving the theology um, and scriptural reference for the idea. So you can. So I look at at Govardhan as Krishna himself, and if I think of him as the best devotee, then I think of Balaram. But I worship Govardhan. Um, with the Gunjamala, but I use a white Gunjamala because the Gunjamala is either white, red, black beads. But if you select it, you can take only the white beads. And somewhere I can't forget, can't remember where it's mentioned that Krishna wears an armlet of white Gunjamala around his arm, his bicep, reminding him of Radha. So I worship Govardhan as Krishna, and then I garland him with the with the with the Gunjamala and I say Jai Radha Ramon <laughs> yeah, because uh, the two are there so um, this I think is um, you know and, and then and then 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 some devotees and we do this in, in Madhuban we have a dark Sheila and a light Sheila and we worship them as Krishna Balaram also, Vishwanachavati Thakur has another book. I forget the name of that book, but he mentions that that Radharani, I believe, is walking on the Govardhan and she's seeing the different uh, colored stones. And I think that she identifies the white stones with Balaram, if I remember correctly, the sapphire, the crystals, uh, which is the color of Balaram's complexion, crystal, that, uh, which he's, he's reflecting Krishna representing Krishna, right? Uh, so there's a couple of references to support that idea. Now, um, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, um, in contemporary times, when Bhaktivedanta uh, Narayan Maharaj was commenting on Venu Gita, and he came to this verse, in his original commentary, he made the point that Radharani is saying, the verse that says that Govardhan is Haridas Varya, that, that Govardhan is the, is, the, is the best devotee. Hmm. And who is the best devotee? Those are the Manjaris. Hmm. Uh, so after that, a number of his devotees began to address Giriraj as Girirani and worship Govardhan like 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 a Manjari of Radharani. And this got back to Narayan Marj and he in a later edition of that book that was taken out. 
And he never promoted that idea. He realized, I think, that mm, this is going in the wrong direction here. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to support myself to a lot of people complaining or something like that. And, uh, and so his, you know, his Munjari Bob got the best of him originally, but kind of backed up a little bit. And, um, and I had some correspondence with a couple of his disciples about this to, um, confirm, you know, what, what I'm saying. Um, um, that's the only written incident, if you will, written in, uh, in example, which is, which was deleted, <laughs> uh, that, that I can, that I'm aware of. It's certainly not in any of the, uh, the, the founder's books and so on and so forth. Now, uh, what Habermas is talking about is a conception, uh, and it's a later, later day conception that has arisen within the, uh, Pushtimarg of Balabachari, who was a contemporary of Mahaprabhu. And, um, you know, he, he, he makes the case that, um, that Govardhan could be seen as as Rod, it's kind of like, um, well, he makes his case and he gives his way of thinking about it. He relies, if I remember correctly, on Garga Samhita. Um, and, um, Garga Samhita, there's a story of how Govardhan came to earth. Radharani was speaking with Krishna to please Krishna. Uh, he manifested uh, Govardhan there. And so he makes, he said, well, it was Radharani's request. So her request went in his heart and his, out of his heart came as Govardhan. So therefore Govardhan could be identified with Radha. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is kind of a, um, a feeling that came in him that he tried to support and did so to his own satisfaction and to the satisfaction of whomever, uh, you know, respects him. In the Pushti Marg. So it's not a Godia idea. But, um, I got a little book, and maybe this is what you refer to, the Go- that I haven't been wrote about Govardhan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he makes this point in there. Um, it's a nice little book. And, um, I think it gives the example that some Godias, you know, in, in the Braj, they have stones, white and black, and they think of them as Radha and Krishna. I think this is a very uh, out of the norm, um, and it's possible, you know, in the, in the realm of Baba, that someone would think like that and harmonize it in, 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 in a way that it has support from Tattva as as Pushti Marg that one Acharya has done. Um, but um, I wouldn't... Uh, one thing is that, uh, to say, I guess, is, is that is it to underscore that some things may be done in Bhava that are, may not, we not even be able to even understand the tattva that underlies it. But if it has Bhava, well, and there's, there's sufficient evidence to support that, then whatever. But that doesn't mean we should do like that. If that Baba comes that makes you do that, well, we're all for it. <laughs> but it's not the, for a sadhaka to say, okay, well, go over this route around, I'll worship her like that. I, I would not, I, I would say this is something extraordinary, um, to give all respect to that particular acharya. And I'm again, he's done his work within the pushti mark to, to support the idea. Um, but we're Godia Vaishnavas, so I wouldn't uh, worship Govardhan as as uh, Srimati Radharani. Does that help? Yes, that was very thorough and very clear. Thank you. Okay. Very good. Thank you for asking. All right. Well, I have got to go clean the cow pen. So the time is up here. We've got a few other duties here as well. So nice to be with you. And like I say, uh, Gurnishtha will be in Finland, but he'll be, he'll be 
monitoring the call from there. God Rabakta Bindaki Jai. God Premanande. Shabra Maharaj Ki Jai.